cliffcentral.com. Hello, hello, hello there. My name is Liesl Tom and this is Beyond Ears and Eyes. With me in studio, our controller, Palesa Mbuye, and my guest, Diana Honavestesen. My co-host and dear friend, Shemaine, is not with us today. She's mourning the loss of a loved one. Shemaine, wherever you are, we're sending lots of love and we hope your heart heals. Now, Diana is a soul painter, a shaman, and I think let's start with the soul painting and get that out of the way. Tell me about these paintings. Lisa, I actually do what I call um, life journey mythology name paintings. They are soul journeys. Um, It's specifically to show the people that I paint for um, that they are blessed by higher spirits, they are blessed by guardians and guides and angels, and their life has meaning and purpose. Um, I actually use the people's names. I paint your name. So your name is Liesl. I will paint your name. Mm-hmm. And um, out of that come many, many in- images that I enhance and I look for symbols and I paint the symbols in. And these symbols are all meaningful for you. I call them mythology because I write a story afterwards. And a mythology is based on the truth, but it is in story form. So it, it, it has different things that give you pointers to, to aspects of your life that you can um, build on and, and, and be creative with. Um, yeah, this, the, the life journey, um, it starts at your birth and, and moves to where you are now. And then it goes into the future. Um, the future as such, I, um, heard a very long time ago from, um, a Sanusi, uh, Baba Credo Mutwa that there are futures like the fingers and thumb of your hand. The main future is like your thumb. It's bigger and it grips. But you can also deviate by the choices you make, go into other futures. So I say this future that I give you is prayed about beforehand. I light a candle and I pray that it will be the best future that you could possibly have to give you the most advantage and the most benefit out of your life from where you are right now in the present moment. Diana, when you make these paintings, when you paint, do you meditate beforehand or do you just take what comes to you? Because what I'd like to get to is how do I as a client know that it is all me, there's not little pieces of Diana in you? I do cut myself off. I don't premeditate it at all. I put a blank canvas in front of me. I usually am in the garden, gardening or doing something else, writing or playing with my animals or doing something else. So then 
I will get a feeling, okay, I'm going to do it. This has started at 9 o'clock in the morning. And I'll put the canvas in front of me. I'll light the candle and do the prayers that this is for your highness husband. And, and I receive guidance from your guides, your angels, the entities that work with you personally. Because I don't want my stuff in your, your work. I mean, that's absolutely pointless. It's not going to help you an iota. If Diana comes into it. Mm-hmm. So I take myself right out of the picture. And I just, you, you, they, they're painted in your favorite colors. All the paintings, my clients actually choose the colors that they personally want. And color is a vibration on its own. And I believe that people need color. It's like food. It's light food that they need. So I will choose those colors out of my palette put paint art, it's oil paint that I work in on canvas. I'll take those tubes of paint art and then um, I will put uh, put them down on the canvas. And I take a big brush and I work, I think there was an artist called Rolf Harris, uh, an Australian artist I remember seeing as a child and he used to get these huge brushes and just slosh the paint on a canvas. So I basically do that. I write your name huge on the canvas. And just let the paint happen. And sometimes I flick the brush and so it becomes spotted. Textures happen. I turn it in all different directions. So I don't know what is going to happen there. And then I put it outside to dry in the sun. And it sometimes dries for up to a week. Oil paint with turps in it dries up to a week. Then I will pick it up again and see what is there. So it's not my my stuff. Mm, It's mm. your stuff. Now, the client once, stuff. Once you've seen what is there, you then write. A once story. I finish, I absolutely, it'll take me up to a month, two months sometimes, depends on the client. Sometimes I'm stopped and I don't carry on immediately because things are happening in that person's life that they have to process. So the the, the outcome of the painting is sometimes a bit different from when I started it. So if I'm told to stop and I wait, I wait. But normally it takes a month to six weeks to eight weeks, depending on the size of the painting as well. And then, as I say, when I feel that I'm prompted to know that it's finished, I will take it to my studio upstairs where I have my computer and my um, my laptop, and I will start writing the story. I look at the painting, and I just start writing about it, mm-hmm. what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. And then I'll tell, tell the client the, the symbolic meanings. I've got many books on symbolism, what this means symbolically. And I find that it resonates with people immediately. Oh, this is true. And sometimes there's sacred objects that are sacred to them that are in the paintings, things that are sacred to them. Like I'm painting a painting for a woman, uh, a, a daughter of a woman who passed on in October last year at the moment. And they're geckos and little frogs. And um, there's a big bird, a, a crested barbet that's coming up. Things are coming up in the painting automatically. And um, I actually uh, WhatsApped her and I said, uh, I'm seeing these things in the painting. And she's, oh, my mom loved. That is just my mom. So that is it. I just wanted confirmation for myself. I don't know. I'm on the right track. But anyway, I don't always do that. But because I had a rapport with this, this young woman who had lost her mother, I felt very for her. And I just wanted to say, well, they, you know, just give her confirmation that her mom is with me and, and working with me. So what do you need to make 
a painting for someone, their name, their favorite colors? Is that it? No, no, and their date of birth. I also work with the numerology. Um, I like to do that actually before I start the mythology. Usually while I'm painting the painting, I will do uh, – it's all out of books. I must say it's nothing that I thumbsuck myself. So I refer to about five or six books on numerology, and I've put a whole um, blurb together that I copy-paste. So it's basically you'll, you'll get the, the whole rundown that I give to, to many people. What is your numerology? What does it mean if you're born, say, on the sixth of the month? It's all about love. It's about unconditional love, etc. Each n- number has a vibration. And most of the books um, that I've uh, referred to, there is a general trend in the meaning of numbers. I also do the astrology, and then I do what I call the Pythagoras square, which is very, very accurate usually. Um, you put all the, the numbers of a person's birth date in a uh, – looks like a Rubik's Cube, basically. You go one, two, three, and then the next um, row is four, five, six, and then seven, eight, nine. And then there are numbers like three, five, and seven that will go together, and they call that a path or passage, and there's, there's, there's a reading about that and what it means. And that is incredibly accurate. Um, there was a psychic who showed this to me many, many years ago um, when we were talking about these type of paintings. She says, why don't you, why don't you do that? Because when she does her soul paintings, she, she finds it very useful. And I thought, oh, this is brilliant. And she explained the system to me. And then I actually found a book on it many years later, and I found it very, very accurate. So I like to share those things with the person, especially if they don't know about numerology or astrology. I do the Chinese astrology as well and basic, sure. basic astrology. And then it's also the, the um, month they're born in, the, the element, because I'm, uh, I work with shamanic things, the elements, uh, water or air or fire or earth are very, very important to me when I share information with the person. It shows them their basic character, which is usually very, very true. Very accurate. Do the elements correlate with certain months? Yes. Yeah. Well, it's it's your houses, your your zodiac houses, basically. Okay. Oh, 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 um, oh, oh. It's it's okay. usually from about the twentieth, twenty first of the month, um, through the through through the next month and into the. Yeah. Oh, oh, so it, it correlates with the zodiac signs, not not the month per se. With the month as well, um, because your higher, your numbers from 22 to, to 30, 30, 31 have a specific meaning. They're different from your numbers from 10 to 19, which are basically the karmic numbers. So the person that is 10 to 19 is often not all of them, because some of them don't like 17 is not as, as, uh, attached to the karma, karma as, as other numbers in that series. So it does. And then usually a person from 20 to, to 31 is working for themselves or working with other people as well. A lot of the people that are in the healing modalities, you'll find their birthdays are 22 and also can be from 1 to to 9. So you see there's all those things. I (laughs) think karmic numbers is something that Shemaine and I would have to explore on a different show because Mm. it sounds quite intricate. And I would love to discuss it with Mm -hmm. you, but but it's not not appropriate. Let's let's rather stick to why Mm. we are here. Mm. One last question about these paintings. Mm -hmm. Um, I've noticed that many of your paintings, in fact, probably all of them, you would know better, Mm -hmm. have animals in them are these animals just symbols or are they actually your clients totem animals they can be both 
sometimes I get a very strong feeling like I did a painting uh, about a month ago where there was this black panther in the painting. Now, interesting, I did a, a, a painting for the same woman a couple of years ago where the did her whole life life journey, the, the, the mythology painting. Now I'm doing the year ahead painting for her. Some clients want from birthday to birthday for me to project their life into the future. And because this woman's going through quite a lot of challenges at the moment, and I'd actually forgotten about the Black Panther in her first painting. And, whoa, the, here he was again. So he is definitely a protector totem for her. And he has a lot of symbolic meaning as well for her, specifically at this time of her life. Um, sometimes it's, 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 it's very often it's, it's, a, it's a pet, like a cat or a dog, the exact cat or dog mm, mm, that was actual. a childhood pet will come up like an Alsatian dog will come in where the person has had an Alsatian as a pet as a child. And I'll say that maybe it's a wolf totem, but they say, no, no, they had an Alsatian. I said, can be an Alsatian. They said, yes, but we had an Alsatian right through my childhood. A specific cat with specific colors. It could be a ginger cat. It could be a striped gray cat, a tabby cat. Specifically, those animals will be pets. Mm -hmm. And I've had as well, depends on where the animal appears in the picture too, because they, they're different levels in the picture. The higher, uh, the, the top of the painting is the conscious level, then there's the subconscious level, and then there's the unconscious level at the bottom of the painting. If the animal comes up in the unconscious level, it usually means either a fear of that animal or some restriction the person has where that animal has to come to the surface for them actually to explore what that animal means to them. When I find often like cats, a person who fears a cat, it'll be at the bottom of the painting. So that is also very interesting. And this is what I've learned through my own work. Mm. It's not something that I premeditated or knew about. I say this is how spirit works and how spirit teaches and, and uh, uh, moves through the, through the painting. Now, I know I said it was the last question, but I have to ask about mm -hmm. the predictive nature. Um, you said you can do a, a cast forward of the year. Mm. How much of that have your clients come back to you and told you this all came true? Because I have to say, when it comes to, to divination, I'm very skeptical because mm. I don't want to meet a tall, dark stranger. I totally agree <laughs> with you. I've got the same thing. And I'm actually... Interesting enough, anti-predictive for myself. Mm. I do not want to know my future because I am creating my future in the moment. That is what a shaman does. Um, but people want to know their future. They actually say to me, oh, please, we, we want to know what, you know, where I am now. What is, how's it going to pan out? And then as I say, I take the five different futures. The, I'll, I'll move to one and the others maybe, um, which is a better future for them because I always ask for the future to manifest through the painting for the person's highest benefit. And I explain very carefully to them that they have a choice here, herein, because I firmly believe in your own conscious choice. Your very thoughts manifest your future. So we've got to be very careful here. And I say I am very careful with this. So I ask for the best things. If somebody's going to move into a beautiful house or they're going to do something, I don't want to know about illness and death and everything because I think that can plant seeds in a person's mind. That's we do not case. want that. And I've sat next to psychics at psychic fairs. That I, my blood has run so cold hearing yes. about death of a family member or something. I think, wow. 
we're on shaky ground here because I know that things can change. And because I have had a lot of prophetic visions in my life, and the same person Credo Mutua put it into perspective for me as well. He said, Diana, it is a gift. You never have to fear your visions because he said spirit works through visions. Of course, he said the ancestors work through the visions specifically so that you can make changes to change the future. And I always remember that too because to me that is such valuable information. If you have visions, you never fear and go into fear and say this is going to happen because if it was predestined, he told me as well, you would, nobody would get a vision about it. If it was set in concrete that that had to happen to you, nobody would know a thing about it. So what I give the person through the paintings is a possible future, a possible beautiful future for them, especially if somebody's struggling and struggling with all different life challenges. They want to know they want hope. They want hope, of course. So I give hope. And I have found over and over. That's why people come back to me. After a year, sometimes two years, sometimes three years, they die. Everything that was in that painting of yours has happened. And often I'll get a call like two years later. Oh, wow, that thing we didn't know about. Because I said, Spirit's Something. not telling me about this. I see this here. The, it could possibly be this. But even I am not getting clarity on it. Let's just hold that. Just remember that that is there. Hold it. Now, phone me all excited. Do you know that thing? I can't remember. Because <laughs> at that stage, I really can't remember. They said, well, that thing in my painting has panned out to be this X, Y, Z. Mm. And, gee, I'm so excited because it is in the painting. Mm. And, yeah, that gives me hope that my what I'm doing is accurate. Because that's, I've been to, I actually very rarely go to psychics myself. But when I started this work, I actually went to a very, very, uh, a psychic of high renown. And I said, I'm so scared it's my imagination, this whole story. And this person said, no, Diana, you have the gift. Honor your gift and work because your work is, is, is needed and necessary. And interesting, my closer name is Funeka. And I was 21 when I was called Funek, the one who's needed or the one who's wanted. And she told me that my life, I would have this, this journey helping people and, and be needed by people. So I see this as part of my work. My life journey paintings is very much part of my work, uh, assisting people. So let's move on now to what is actually the biggest part of your job your work, and that is being a shaman. Now, it's all very easy for me to say because I've got it right here in front of me, but what does it actually mean? This all, to me, it's a way of life, and it's based in nature spirituality, connecting to nature, but it's all to do with healing or assisting, facilitating healing for humanity. So I actually have clients that come in and I help them to heal through connecting them to aspects of nature. There are a lot of rituals and ceremonies we do as well. But uh, my main primary focus, my main love is the Mother Earth. And I believe that Mother Earth is a consciousness. She is a beautiful, beautiful teacher and she listens and she answers us in so many beautiful, amazing ways. 
the sun is also consciousness. I link to the sun every day and greet the sun and see the sunrise if I can every single morning and see the sunset, sit and watch the sunset and absorb the solar energy because it's primary energy and it's very, very important for us. We have physical eyes, but we also, through our physical eyes, we can absorb, we feed off sunlight. And um, a lot of the teaching in shamanism is about the the centers of our body that are like eyes and they open to different energies and if you say working working with water water is our primary element we work with and you work with your lower body they call it the the sikhinawi up because i'm studying uh, studied indian shamanism and the um incan way and um they have like five energy – well, there's actually five main, but then there are two others as well. Our physical eyes they see as, as, as energy absorbers as well. So that is what it's about. It, it's connecting to nature and all aspects of nature and connecting to humanity. These eyes, the, are they what we – I want to say us mere mortals, refer to as the chakras. Yes, the chakras are turning wheels. It's it's very similar. It's similar, similar. So if you've got your um your base chakra, that is what we call the, the Sikinawi. It's it's the water center of our bodies. And then we move up to the navel area, which is the Tantin, which is in the Chinese system. You've got your Shushumna and your, your Eden Pink Island Nawis. I've studied the Chinese system as well. And then, of course, you've got your, your, your Indian system. So we're the chakras that are the turning wheels of power. Very similar. Just different names for different things. Yeah, these weird words you are using, you're going to have to give me a dictionary. <laughs> oh, um, but it's, 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 it's all the same. People that, that's why I'm just opening it up because some people know about other things. So, you know, I'm just opening it up how similar the Inca system is to other systems. You mentioned you work through ritual. What's the significance? What rituals? Okay. Let's take the word ritual because I like to explain to my students because I actually teach shamanism as well. I have a course called um, Summon the City Shaman. And I like to tell them what ritual is because ritual can be thought of in as, as, as a devious way, a devious uh, thing of doing occulty, but occult is hidden. It's like a, people think, oh, no, people that do ritual, there's, there's something flaky about them. Not at all. It comes from the Neolithic times when we started agriculture and we made ruts with a plow in the ground. A rut was where we planted the seeds and we watered the seeds in, in the, and the seeds rooted. That's the same word as ritual. It comes there. And rhythm. We worked with music and rhythm. Rhythm also comes from ritual. And then the routine. You've got to water a, a, a plant so that it grows. So it makes food for you routinely. All the same word. Ritual is a routine way of doing things. Every day I greet the sun. Every mm. day I touch the earth and say, my love, I care deeply for you. Thank you in gratitude for my life. And I say to the sun, please bless my day. Bless the people that I know. Bless my work. Whatever I'm doing, bless it. And thank you for blessing me. At the end of the day, I will do the same thing. During the day, I will touch the earth. So it's that re planting that seed, watering that seed. It's a relationship. So, But those are daily rituals. Okay. Do you also do um, 
mark the seasons. Absolutely. Um, at full moon, we have what we call the despacho ceremony, which is, is making an offering to all the different aspects of life. Honoring. It's an honoring of aspects of life. I often do it within myself when I haven't got a group around me. But what is very important, what I do, my little tribe, I call them a tribe, they're people that come out to my farm every equinox and all the, the solstices. So um, we're actually going to have what we call a spring um, sun celebration on the 1st and 2nd of October. Um, we usually have it over the equinox, but I'm going to be busy with a, a big sun moon dance, so I cannot do it like this. But we always routinely, every three months, get together as a group. New people come in, people go, and it's wonderful to share. I have other sangomas and, and shaman that work with me, that lead the ceremony. They all take a part of it. We, we have a great sharing and a great love happens and great healing happens at these ceremonies. And so I believe that that's very important. You're once a month doing a, a Thanksgiving. You can do like um, ceremony when a, pers- a person's a child's born, a marriage ceremony. You do all these as part of our lives, and it's very, very important. Rites of passage are also very important. They are huge ceremonies. What would, would that be, for example, like marking a young woman's first menstrual? Sometimes. Absolutely. You see, we've lost touch. This, the uh, Native Americans have the vision quest for the young uh, braves, the young men, where they go off and fast in in the wilderness. Literally, have to be brave, and face nature, and animals, and everything, and sleep outside, and fend for themselves, and get their own food or whatever. Uh, but uh, they um, go through this period. As they go into adolescence through through puberty, and a lot of people uh, worldwide um, had special schools where young women were taught by the elders. Like it's so African beautiful, African schools. initiation, so beautiful. But a lot of lot of people, and us as a Western society, have lost contact and then lost touch with this most beautiful and profound marking of time. And times of our lives, now I'm in my 60s, so I've gone through many, many changes in my life and seen the changes, the changes of season, the different decades. And I want to propose that next year we have rites of passage. We start. I'm going to start them out at my farm. I'm going to start advertising them because they are very important, especially for young women and young men that are entering these, these times of change. And your 20s is a time of change. Your 30s is a time of change. 40s, 50s, 60s, huge times of changes. And because I've, I'd be called crone by many or an elder by many, I've gone through and experienced so much and had really, really challenging times and nobody really to talk to other than maybe my peers. But they were just as confused as me sometimes. And, yeah, we had to figure it out for ourselves. And it would be so wonderful if you had a support group and a, 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 a elders that worked with you. I mean, I would see that as, as magical in our society and where we are now. I also think that, that, that rites of passage uh, create a sense of belonging. And I think us as a Western society, we are so, we, we live with this idea that we are uh, separate from each other. Diana, we, 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 we're running short on time and there's something else I want to touch on. 
when I researched shamanism, I came across this concept of soul retrieval. Mm. Is that something mm. you do? And mm. what mm. what does that mean? Mm. It's huge. Um, when I was in Hawaii in March, I worked with, with other shaman and a beautiful teacher, Elizabeth Jenkins, and she taught us how to retrieve soul, you know, to do these aspects of ourselves that we lose through life. How? Through experiences, bad, not bad. I'll never say bad because we don't think of good and bad as such. Uh, they're just degrees of the same. But um, things that are, that um, break you down, that make you feel less, you lose energy. Basically, that is what it is. Uh, it is a loss of energy, a loss of who you are. Now, very, very interesting enough, I've been working a lot with that in myself over the last few weeks. Because um, I had an experience in 1998 where a chunk was taken from me. And I tried different ways and I worked with many people. I actually nearly died at the time because of what was done to me. Do you mind just quickly telling quickly, me I'll just say it, uh, um I'd say that it was taken by another person and I was not fully aware of the implications at that. I hadn't studied shamanism at that time, but I didn't realize and I shut off. And six weeks ago, this particular person came into my life again from behind and immediately my blood rate cold. And I'm not a person who fears. I've learned not to fear. But I just felt myself going into fear. And he immediately put a hook into me again. And I didn't know. And I got these severe headaches and, and terrible nausea. And it was all to do with this. And another wonderful person, I asked Mother Earth to help me. And I saw the face of another shaman. Uh, and immediately I went to her and I said, this has happened to me. And she put it all right. She actually did the work for me because it's very difficult working on yourself. Mm, mm, mm. And she understood immediately. I didn't even realize it was this person who, who done this. And she saw a vision of him straight away. And, and so we could correct it. And that is really, really beautiful. Also, one aligns energy. One, you see, a lot of my work is aligning energy, giving energy back to people, going to that situation, but not going into depth. We don't believe in actually going and opening it up like a big psychological story. We go we recognize it and we take the energy back and that's basically what it is about and we move forward now mm, now yeah. having experienced this you would obviously be able to better help someone else uh, martha beck always says you can only help people where you have been been wounded you know this, this absolutely wounded the wounded healer yes. that is a lot of the shaman we call ourselves wounded healers because unless you've experienced it you cannot empathize mm. i mean otherwise you're in sympathy that is why a lot of the shaman have gone through really horrific situations in their own lives um so that they can assist others you can speak to many many very powerful shaman they do have horrific experiences in their early lives and that's why they they are healing themselves and through their healing themselves they learn the modalities they learn how to heal and assist other people i always call myself a healing facilitator because i believe that we ultimately help ourselves but you need somebody there to to guide you through it there's so much more we can talk about but lot, we are out of time are out diana of time, yeah. how you. can people get in touch with you the best way to get in touch with me is on facebook i am on facebook but um what i would suggest i have the mythology paintings by diana 
page. My email address is there and my telephone number plus the prices of my paintings, etc. And then I also have the Gaia Kiva. So it's G-A-I-A. New word K-I-V-A gatherings page where it's all about the ceremonies and, and processes and healing that, uh, uh, facilitation that I do and what it all costs and where I am, etc. So those are the two places where you'll find my email address and uh, my telephone number. Diana van Avestazen, thank you very much for sharing your wisdom with us. Palesa, thanks for taking care of things. And Shemaine. Thanks, Palesa. Wherever you are, my heart is with you, my friend. I love you. Thanks, From Elizal Tom, cheers, everyone. Cliffcentral.com.